Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. What is greatness? Is it even achievable? Is our obsession with greatness healthy or harmful? What sacrifices are required to be great and are they worth it? Well, in today's podcast, I dive into these questions with my good friend, Lewis Howes, who just wrote a great, excuse the pun, book called The Greatness Mindset, which details how to use your mind to live your best life today. Lewis shares some profound insights on what greatness is and how to move from powerless to powerful. We also unpack how to get over self-doubt and how to learn to love yourself again. If you don't know him yet, Lewis Howes is a New York Times best-selling author, keynote speaker, and industry-leading show host. Howes is two-sport All-American athlete, former professional football player, and member of the USA men's national handball team. His show, The School of Greatness, is one of the top podcasts in the world with over 500 million downloads. He was recognized by the White House and President Obama as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs in the country under 30. So let's dive in. Life can be hard and it's easy to feel stressed, anxious and out of control. What if there was a way to take back control? What if there was a practical way to detox your brain? This is now possible with NeuroCycle, the first ever scientifically tested brain detox app shown to help reduce an anxiety and depression by up to 81%. Users are guided through a variation of audio and video, brain exercises and mind management lessons every day. I'm excited to share some of the latest features in the app, including guides for children and parents, detailed feedback and recommendations, written guides through days 22 through 63 of the NeuroCycle, and an easy way to track your progress. There are over 500,000 NeuroCycle users worldwide, and the app has helped change thousands of lives, including people trying to find purpose in life, overcoming fear, better sleep, improved relationships, managing intrusive thoughts, depression and anxiety, and so much more. NeuroCycle is for everybody. No matter who you are, what you've been through, what you do, you have an incredible mind and brain that is always on and needs to be managed so that you can live your best both mentally and physically. This app is designed for individuals, couples, families, businesses or corporations, for everyone, everywhere. Join us by committing just a few minutes a day and see how your life is transformed. In just 63 days, you will have begun rewiring your brain for a happier and healthier life. Download the NeuroCycle app today and start changing your life one thought at a time. Just look for NeuroCycle on the iTunes App Store or Google Play or visit NeuroCycle.app. The link and more information will be in the show notes. My friend, Lewis, it's so nice to have you back in studio again. I, you're, you're just amazing. I had the most fantastic time at your conference speaking there last year. And whenever you and I get into discussions, it's always it's always so incredibly powerful. And every time either my interviews with you or you interviewing me, so many connections grow out of that. And for me, that is such a sign of the greatness that you exude because you just know how to connect people. There's just something about you that just brings out the best in people. And I'm not just saying mm. that for any reason. I'm saying it because it really is true. You generate that kind of greatness energy and you just connect people and you just do great stuff. So I love talking to you. I love connecting with you. Interviewing you is always such a pleasure. So thank you and welcome back. Thanks, Caroline. Appreciate you. Well, you've just released a, an amazing book, The Greatness Mindset, Unlock the Power of Your Mind and Live Your Best Life Today. And this is just the, the way that you've done the, the cover just shows that this is packed full of stuff. 
It's mm. really something that grabs your, your attention and also the concept of mindset. And this is something I think you and I have discussed before. Mindset is a big deal. So first of all, I just wanted to ask you, why did you write this book? Mm-hmm. That's a, and I know everyone asks you that, but there's always a great way to start an interview is why did you actually write yeah. this book? And then I've got some really specific questions that I want to dive into because you hit so many good points. Whether we'll get them all done, I'm not sure, but let's see. Sure. I mean, the reason I wrote the book is because I believe that self-doubt is the killer of all dreams. It's the thing that holds us back from taking action, from going after what we want, from feeling a sense of connection to people we care about, from having courageous conversations, from having any idea and turning it into reality. I believe self-doubt causes us to hold back, hold back our talents, our gifts, our uniqueness, our love, our generosity. There's an insecurity underneath self-doubt. There's a, there's a belief underneath that that is tied to three different fears, the fear of failure, success, and judgment. And for many, many years, I had one of these fears that were crippling me in every area of my life. And I wrote the book for my 16-year-old self that was scared and insecure, for my 22-year-old self going through a transition from football into the real world, for my 30-year-old self going through breakups and breakdowns and trying to figure out why I'm here, and for my current self for making sure I'm staying on track and and really leaning into a meaningful mission and not getting off track. So it's also for my, you know, my 10-year self in the future for the next season of life. I wanted to make sure that after 10 years of interviews, my, my podcast School of Greatness hit 10-year anniversary two weeks Congratulations. ago. Congratulations. I saw Thank that. You. It's amazing. Thank you. And I, and I started the 10-year journey feeling stuck and in a breakdown. I was going through lots wow. of different transitions, mm-hmm. and, and I was like, what can I do for myself? And also, how can I help others around me who also feel stuck, not sure what direction to go in, insecure about something, or really at the, the core of it, not feeling like they are enough? And this mm-hmm. has been a 10-year journey of research, practice, applying, taking action, making mistakes, having setbacks, moving forward. And at the end of the day, diving into asking this question to as many different types of experts, celebrities, billionaires, authors, neuroscientists like yourself, therapists, brain surgeons, like anyone that I could ask at a high level of excellence or academic success or career and business success. When I asked each one of them, world-class athletes, How do you overcome self-doubt? How do you get to where you are and also feel fulfilled and like it's enough when you accomplish the thing you're you're going after as opposed to still not feeling enough inside? And what I discovered through all these different kind of disciplines and experts is that these three fears consume a lot of people. They hold a lot of people back. Again, the fear of failure is something that when you ask a big audience of people, how many people here are afraid of failure? A lot of people raise their hand. Most of the room says, I'm afraid of failure. And it's the cause that holds them back from taking action. And you hear people say, I've had a dream for 10 years to write a book, but I haven't written a page because I'm afraid to fail or or whatever it might be. They're afraid of that failure. And as an athlete growing up, Caroline, I didn't that was never like a part of my thing because coaches would teach you to fail in order to get better. 
and mm. improve. It was part of daily practice. You're making, you're missing the shot. You're messing up constantly and you're pursuing excellence. You're pursuing, you know, the perfect game, but the perfect game never happens. There's always mm. a little mistake that you'll have or turnover or something. And so it, it was always information or feedback on how to get to the goals and the dreams that we had as athletes in the sports teams. So failure wasn't my big fear, but a lot of people are afraid to fail and therefore it causes them to, to not act, to not act on asking the girl out or whatever it is. It's like it causes mm -hmm. them to hold back their gifts mm -hmm. and their love. When I ask people, you know, in big rooms, like who here is afraid of success? Almost the same amount of people would raise their hand and say they were afraid of success. That's fascinating. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking to myself, this was never my fear either because mm -hmm. I was always wanting success. So I was like, this is what I wanted. I'll do whatever it takes to get there. And, and as I started asking people over the last 10 years, like, why? Why are you afraid of success? I started to hear interesting stuff that made a lot of sense. There's a weight or responsibility of success. when mm. you, and, and a lot of times you have to leave your friends, leave your community, leave your family to go after something that you want. And you're sometimes judged or pulled back down. So there's this fear of leaving your tribe or the community. There's also this pressure of now people come out of the woodwork when you're, you know, you have money or you have an mm -hmm. audience and they just start asking you for things. And you, you're not sure if it's 100% authentic or if they're only coming to connect with you because of this. So there's all these other feelings and emotions around that. There's a stat, I don't know if it's accurate anymore, but this was a stat like 10 years ago, that 78% of NFL players go bankrupt four years after they retire. I've this heard may, that. This, mm -hmm. Right. This may have evolved in the last 10 years because it's been everywhere. And I'm sure there's like new programs and financial advisors in there and stuff like that. But there's like this mentality if you're not ready for success if you aren't trained for it prepared for it mentally and emotionally and you don't know how to sustain it it could be challenging to stay up there and once it's done if the identity is no longer there if you retire or you get injured you may not have the mindset to maintain what you had so there's this pressure there's also a documentary mm -hmm. called the weight of gold which is mm -hmm. about olympic gold medalists that overdose that go into depression that commits suicide within like a year after they win the gold medal. And this is fascinating to me because here are people that have trained their whole lives for a moment and they got the goal. And then there's a bunch of people who have committed suicide within a year or two after they won the gold medal. And there's a whole documentary about the pressure and the weight yeah. of gold, the weight of success. So I, I started to understand that the more I studied it and the more I made money and, and built my platform, I started to realize, oh, there's, it seems like a lot of inauthentic people coming out or people just want me for something. And so, mm. you know, it was challenging, but it didn't hold me back. And I feel like I had good mentors and support to guide me through those challenging moments. The fear that I was crippled by for many years is the fear of judgment, is the need to be liked and please other people. And so I used to give of my time and energy and say yes to just pretty much everyone all mm. the time because I wanted people to like me. And I would get so hurt, you know, 10 years ago when I would get nasty comments online or, or critiques or whatever it may be, bad reviews or anything like yeah. that. And it was like I always wanted to defend myself. And I wanted to make sure people knew who I was. But people aren't always going to understand us. And we have to learn how to accept that. 
But the fear of judgment was was my kryptonite, the thing that held me back from courageously feeling loved, from being more generous, and all these other things that I wanted to feel and experience. It kind of robbed me of that joy. And at the center of these three fears, failure, success, and judgment, you know, they're all kind of connected at the center, mm-hmm. is this feeling, I'm not enough. And I'm not smart enough, pretty enough, talented enough, old enough, whatever it may be, skilled enough. And therefore, I doubt myself and I do not act. I do not act courageously, openly, generously, and with a big heart and with love. And so it that feeling of I'm not enoughness shrinks us down and causes us to not act, to not step into mm. the meaningful mission that we want to create and manifest. And I realized, again, that I wasn't afraid of failure. I wasn't afraid of success. And so I would accomplish all these goals from sports to business and still not feel good enough, still not feel satisfied, not feel like I was lovable, like I was worthy. All these emotions consume me. So I was, I was confused. I was like, okay, I feel like I'm doing the right things. I'm accomplishing goals. I'm taking action. I'm making money. But why yeah. do I still not feel enough? And it was the memories. And I love, this is why I love having conversation with you because you dive into this research so much. It was the memories that, yeah. cre- that I created meaning around that caused me to suffer and to feel a sense of fear and pain and the story and the belief that I was not enough, or I needed to do this for someone to like me, or I couldn't go through life if someone was critiquing me or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. I went through a journey, an intense journey of creating new meaning, a journey of healing, a journey of growth, a journey of reprocessing. And, and creating new meaning around those memories, mending those memories, healing those memories, creating new Beautiful. meaning around those memories, and so that I can live more courageously and not be afraid of the judgment of other people as much. And it's a, you know, I'm sure it's a lifelong journey and it's a constant process mm-hmm. and I'm not perfect, but it's, it's beautiful to go back to all the memories. Well, let me say this. It was painful to go back to all the yeah. memories, but it's beautiful when I can think about those memories in a different light now, as opposed to hurt, sadness, pain, fear, insecurity, shame, guilt, and all these other things that were causing me to doubt myself. So once I was able to do that, I feel like it truly set me free emotionally, mentally, and in my heart to have more courage and act with that momentum. And that's the reason why I wanted to write this book after 10 years of interviews and you know, serving audiences, building communities, doing events, all these different things, I realized that people at the highest level still have self-doubt and it causes them to feel the immense amount of love and joy that they can feel in the world. And people, there's a lot of people that are feel stuck, feel trapped, feel they're there in breakdown. They're just not clear the direction they're going. And I wanted to give people a guide, a step-by-step approach backed by research and science and experts to prove how to get through it and create more fulfillment. Another thing, Caroline, that I thought was interesting, over the last few years, I've interviewed a lot of people who, for whatever reason, had no platform, no success, no big success, and then it seemed like overnight, within a few months, grew really fast. And then in a couple of years, and then in a couple of years, had a lot of different things happening. And all of a sudden, money and fame and opportunities. And I've interviewed a bunch of these individuals over the last couple of years. 
And I would ask them about a scale, a self-love inner peace scale. I would ask them before the day before this thing took off and all of a sudden you were everywhere and people knew who you were and you had money and opportunities and the day before, where were you on the scale of one to 10 around feeling loved, feeling free emotionally, feeling peaceful internally? 10 being, you know, perfect peace and harmony, one being no peace, no yeah. love. And most people are like eight or nine. And I'd say, now, where are you now? One year, two years, three years later with the New York Times bestseller, with Oprah talking about you with millions of dollars, with a huge platform. And a lot of people would say, you know, five or six. And it always was fascinating to me because I was like, but you have everything you, everything you could ever want is coming to you. Why do you not feel a sense of peace and love and harmony internally anymore or as much? And they would say the weight, the pressure, the, you know, now the judgment, the critiques, the, all these different things. And I think it makes sense. Again, if we are not prepared for it, if it happens really fast overnight or quickly, and it's not a gradual thing that we grow into more money, into more wealth, into more platform audience, all these different things, like it could really trigger us internally and emotionally if we don't feel fully at peace with certain things from our past. So for me, that's part of why I wanted to write this as a guide for me when I used to feel stuck. This is the book I wish I could have read back in the day and the book that I have now for myself to continue to be my guide. 70 million Americans have chronic sleep issues and 50% of Americans deal with sleep deprivation. You've probably dealt with this at some point in your life and I know how difficult it can be. One of my favorite brands, Ned, is here to help with their incredible new product, Shut Eye Chai. It's inspired by 5,000 years of ancient healing tradition and is Ned's biggest product launch to date. It's a mellow super blend latte for sleep that combines adaptogens, aminos, functional mushrooms, and magnesium. Seriously, the best ingredients out there wrapped in a heavenly masala chai-inspired spice body. Think cinnamon, clove, ginger, all that good stuff. It doesn't just set you up for amazing sleep. Ingredients like chaga, reishi, and ashwagandha are deeply nourishing to your body, so you're getting a ton of additional benefits as well. Plus, it's crafted from the highest grade single origin ingredients ethically sourced from some of the world's best small scale farms. It's all natural, made exclusively from functional botanicals, fungi, herbs, plants, minerals, roots and spices and does not contain CBD, caffeine, melatonin or dairy. I love drinking a cup of shut eye chai just before bed with some coconut milk. It is delicious and helps me fall asleep faster and wake up less. Indeed, since I started this nightly ritual, my mind feels sharper and I'm getting consistent quality sleep. Discover how Shut Eye Chai can revolutionize your sleep and get 15% off with the code Dr. Leaf. Go to helloned.com forward slash Dr. Leaf or enter the code Dr. Leaf at checkout. That's H E L L O N E D dot com slash Dr. Leaf to get 15% off. Sweet dreams. The link and details will be in the show notes. I'm so glad that I can interview you about it. And I got like one of the first copies. So yes. yeah, I've got this like right up front because it, so what you basically said is absolutely brilliant because you said that the fear, the self-doubt and the fear of like, fear of failure, fear of fear of failure, success and judgment and judgment and how the judgment one was the one that you got you stuck, but how we, we could have all three or one of them or a combination of them 
But what, what you're saying is that this book is really a guide for how you can look at those three things. So this makes it very easy for people. It's basically mm -hmm. looking at those three things and seeing which one of those is blocking you, your sense of yes. greatness. And, and that, I, mean, I want to ask you in a moment about like, and I know I've asked you this before, but I want to ask you again now that it's a few years later and you've written this book, but what is greatness? So it's those three things and you in yourself, it was the self-doubt and the yes. judgment, et cetera. And then I love how you highlighted the fact that these people, you hear about these overnight wonders and these, these economics research and these psychological research and these neuroscientific research showing how that quick climb generally leads to a bad, you know, a bad drop. And sometimes yeah. in, in certain fields of, like in my field of neuroscience, the climb and the drop means something different in different circumstances and whatever. But in this circumstance, the climb and the drop's not good because it does happen. It's that overnight wonder. That steady climb where you can get used to it is better than the, the drop. And that's what you've pretty much discovered with your 10 years of research in this yes. area. Yeah, so, and, I, and I think a lot of people, they have this idea, like, I wish I had a bigger audience or I wish I was a New York Times bestseller in my first book or I wish, you know, my podcast was in the top, 10 or whatever in the world, and it happened like that. But if you're not prepared and ready for it, your level of peace and self-love and harmony internally may be shaken. And I think it's harder to get back on track once it's shaky and when you're insecure than learning kind of progressing over time. And that's why you see a lot of, you know, child actors or child musicians who are like really famous early on. Yeah. If they don't have that foundation. Most of them don't. It's hard to get a sense of satisfaction and inner peace and self-love when things aren't going your way. And so when, you know, when you tie your self-worth to what everyone else is saying to you, it becomes very challenging. And also, you and I have both interviewed child actors that have grown up now, and it's they, they consistently, I'm, the, the things you're saying, I've heard it too in the interviews, I've read about this, it's, it's so, you are so spot on that it boils down to the fact that they don't love themselves. And you know, right. so I think what I'm trying to say is that, that it, we can have all these wonderful, wonderful accomplishments and external things, but it really is empty until you actually can respect yourself, love yourself, spend that time the gentle, you know, the ancient philosophies. And mm -hmm. I actually interviewing a Harvard professor, and you may know from the happiness, Dr. Robert Waldinger, he did, he's the leader of the biggest, as you know, he's had 44 million views study. on his TED talk and yeah, the yeah, happiness yeah. study. I mean, he is the, and he's, he's the gentlest, quietest, sweetest person. And, and he actually said the same thing. He said it, it, the, the whole thing boils back to community relationships, but it also starts with you and yourself, that kindness to yourself mm -hmm. and that gentleness, et cetera. So it's interesting that we can go, it's almost, Lewis, it feels to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels to me like we've been on this 40-year journey in the last 40 years with the technological age of accomplishment, external stuff in, and we moved away from the satisfaction and internal peace. And it's kind of going back full circle now, hey, greatness really is related to internal peace. So that comes to my question, two questions that I'm asking at once. The one is, do you, do you also see it like that over this sort of shift in the last 40 years and things coming full circle? Mm -hmm. And then define greatness. You know, how do yeah, you I'm, see greatness? I mean, for me, greatness is discovering your unique talents and gifts. Uh, in that discovery, pursuing your dreams. And in the pursuit, making the, the positive impact on the people around you to the best of your I abilities. Like for me, that's what it is. And, you know, when I grew up, I used to want success. And that was like the focus, be successful, accomplish big results, accomplish my goals, 
look impressive, all those things. And I realized that success is selfish. It's only for me to look good. But greatness is something I started to learn about 10 years ago because I accomplished success and it never felt enough. And I needed more and more and more. I needed mm. to drive to create more and I still didn't feel enough. And so I said, well, what is this greatness thing? And I realized that greatness is about pursuing your goals and dreams, just like success is, mm -hmm. but in the service of others, in so the good. impact of others in that process, whether it's empowering others, elevating others, helping others grow, inspiring others in your pursuit as well, and making it about we, not about me. And for most of my life, I was thinking about how can I look good? How can I succeed? It wasn't about how can I help everyone around me succeed as well. And I really don't think that you can truly be great unless you're creating a win-win environment around you with the people in your life. And that doesn't mean they're all at the same level as you or that mm -hmm. if they don't want to go after what you want, but you're, you're, you're being a generous contribution of love and joy and support to the people around you. And I think that's, for me, greatness. And I was watching a clip online of a guy, probably in his late 70s, early 80s, some guy who you know made a billion dollars, and he was asked, what is success to him by the interviewer? And he said, success is your kids wanting to spend time with you when you're older. I love uh, that. When, they, when they're older and you have like all your kids working with yeah. you and spending time <laughs> with you. And so it sounds like that's, you know, you've been a great parent to them. And I think, you. you know, if you're working so hard and the people that you have raised don't want to be around you when they're adults, then there's something to that as well. Maybe it's not all your fault or something, but that's what he said. Success is, is when you're grown up and your kids are grown, they still want to hang out with you and they, they can't wait to hang out with you. And he said also... I forget who this guy was, but he said also success looks like winning at the right things because a lot of people win at the wrong things and mm. that's not greatness. It's just like, okay, I went and made a bunch of money, but it wasn't meaningful. It wasn't fulfilling to me. I didn't really care about it. Mm. And so was it in alignment with what I feel I'm called to do with using my talents and gifts with a mission that I'm inspired by? Was it a company that had great values? Was I in alignment and in harmony with what I feel like I'm supposed to do? If you have that opportunity to do that. So it's, you know, can you make those decisions? And I think that is, that is great. Oh, I love that answer. You made me feel, that answer made me feel so great. Because yes. you know, we've got all four of our kids, my, even my son, I've got three daughters and one son, and they're all between 24 and 31. And even my son is now, he's con he co-authors children's storybooks on mental wow. health with me. So we've you know, just finished our first one and that's going to be released with my other book. But anyway, that made me feel really good. And we, uh, yeah. that they, for saying that, the point that I'm making here, I wanted to emphasize what sets you apart from everyone that I've interviewed around this. And you can find a million books out there that talk about how to succeed, and, as you know, and be great and stuff. But what sets me apart and what is the first thing that caught my attention about you, and I think it's a lot of people, is your we concept, your community concept. If it's only going to be about me, it doesn't touch others. But when, 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 the, yeah. when it's about reaching someone else and how you, and you're not, you, you're always connecting people. You are always bringing out the best in people. That's why I started this interview. And mm -hmm. that is, I think you've really learned of, of many people out there. You've taken us away from this 40-year goal of, Step on everyone's back. Just go for it. Yeah. It's it's about you. It's about what you can accomplish. It's me, myself, and I. 
which is so damaging to the brain and the body and the mental psyche. You've shifted, started shifting that perspective very effectively. So I want to thank you for that. And, and, and it's a, such a great answer. Well done. Thank you. It's, it's interesting. When I started my, I guess, my career after sports, I didn't know what talents or gifts I had. I knew I could work hard. I knew I could be a team player. I knew I could set and accomplish goals. But I didn't know how that would transfer in, the, in a career or the business world. And when I started in 2008, I started on LinkedIn because a mentor said, hey, why don't you check this out and start connecting with people and maybe you can find a job. And what I just started doing was connecting with people and asking them how they accomplished their goals and how they overcame challenges. And I started meeting with kind of leaders in the Columbus, Ohio area when I was 23, 24 and asking them questions and being curious about what was their biggest challenge right now? What is their biggest need right now? And they would tell me, oh, I'm really looking to hire this person or that person. And all I tried to do was find solutions to their problems. And for the, in a year, I did 20 networking events around the country where I used LinkedIn to promote these events, these kind of LinkedIn business professional networking events. Yeah. And as, and as each person would enter the, the venue for this event, you know, two, three hour evening event, I would ask them their name and what, what they're working on and what their biggest challenge is right now. Each person, I would shake their hand, I'd have them enter, you know, and I just kept a mental like bank of, of yeah. okay, this is someone who's in IT who needs a job, or this is someone who's looking to build their team, or this is a salesperson, and this is a designer. And all night, I would just match people and just say, okay, you need to meet so-and-so. And I just said, how can I wow. help people accomplish their goals by connecting them? This was 2008, 2009. Again, I didn't know a skill that I wasn't a graphic designer. I wasn't a sales guy. I wasn't a marketing guy. I was, I was just like a connector at the time. And that became a very valuable skill. You know, I didn't know it was a mm. skill, but it became something that was very valuable and something that I enjoyed doing. And I loved to see people coming together and both of them solving problems and finding success together. And you become, when you can become a champion of someone, of, of someone overcoming their challenges mm. by introducing them, by giving them the answers, by giving them a solution, whatever it might be, they're always going to be grateful for you. Yeah. Most of them will be very grateful and they'll say, Hey, how can I help you? How can I support you? And the more I found that I just try to serve others and help others accomplish their goals, the more I realized that they wanted to help me in return. So that's why you are such a light to everyone, because you focus on the enhancement versus the competition culture. Yeah. And that's something that, that it's, it, it's kind of a phrasing that I use, and that's what the neuroscience, the mind-brain-body research shows, that the more you lift someone up, the more you celebrate someone else's stuff. All those things you just described. You're pretty much increasing your own intelligence. It's, a, it's enhancement mm. versus competition. And you actually, yes. if you think of it, Lewis, none of us are really in competition because there's something you can do that I can't. And by me lifting right. you up and you lifting me up and the way you've been describing, we actually increase our own intelligence and open doors that would not, and I'm not talking about doors just in, in, in Korea. I'm talking about just in, in ourselves. We change as a person in ways that are so healthy because of, lifting people up whereas the opposite if you compete you actually lower your intelligence you lower your mm -hmm. neurophysiology functionality i mean it's just like a whole bunch of bad stuff goes wrong and yet that's the philosophy that people are living in in this this sort of last 40 50 60 year goal so you've that's what i was saying in the beginning i think we've shifted 
And I yeah. think you're a big part of it. I think you would make, maybe you weren't even aware of it, but I think you are a big part of the shift. Well, I, you know, for most of my life, I was in that competition phase. I was about winning. I was about being right. I was about doing whatever it took to mm -hmm. make sure I was number one. And when I would, when I would get there, I remember feeling very lonely. I remember feeling very angry and unfulfilled. And so that's why about 10 years ago, I really started to shift in a big way. And I understood the concept of win-win for the first time about 10 years ago. And it wasn't until then where I said, oh my gosh, I have to shift everything I'm doing. I don't want, to, I don't want anything to be about me. For 10 years, I've created a platform called the School of Greatness to shine the light on other people. It was, a, it was a practice. It was an ongoing practice to shed my ego and focus on service to other people first. That. Critical. And say, how can I find great people, great ideas, great stories, and elevate them and get the most out of them to serve other people, my community and the person I was bringing on. So for 10 years, I just said, I got to shine the light on others. I got to serve others and find as many ways to help them as possible and, and really celebrate them and their success. And it's been a beautiful decade of learning and growth and overcoming this old way of being, which was competition, winning, looking good, being right, being number one for many years. Cause that's what I was kind of raised and conditioned mm -hmm. that I needed to be a winner or be number one or be right to accept myself because at the core, I did not accept who I was. I had a lot of mm. shame and security and guilt. So I felt like if I can do this, then I can protect myself. I can feel like I am enough. So good. And so once I started to learn that I am enough and that I can start to mend and heal, then it's not about proving myself or beating someone else or winning at all costs. It became about, hey, let's all succeed and let's all just feel harmony inside of us, have a beautiful life and go after our dreams and everyone can be successful. I'm sitting here just smiling because you just, that's exactly how we're supposed to function. And and that's the message that we need to get out to the world, which is why what you do is so important. But I mean, it's like 10 years you trained, you went from competition to enhancement by mm -hmm. a, 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 a specific targeted thing that you did. Okay, I'm going to shine the light on other people, not myself. And you kind of healed yourself in that process and found your own inner peace. And I mean, look at the, look at how you actually prove the philosophy, the science. Yeah. You give to others, you enhance others, you lift others. No one can compete with each other anyway, so we may as well just all lift each other. Look what's happened in your life. I mean, the evidence is there. And it's here's the unreal. Thing. It's, it's, it, and, and here's the thing, like, just a real-time, you know, thing about it. You know, I've got this book coming out, and yeah. Here's the book, by the way. Everyone, get the book. <laughs> Learn how to be, be a giver. Right, Seriously, exactly. I just changed the name of your book. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I've, you know, for the last five years, I had a book, you know, f a little over five years ago. And so I haven't asked for anything really from anyone. I've just said, hey, how can I help you? How can I contribute? How can I give? How can I shine the light on you, promote you? And so because I've been doing that for five years, and I'm not saying you need to do that for five years till you ask for something, but because I've been doing that, it's felt really easy to just say, hey, I've got a book coming out. Are you open to supporting me to all the people that I've helped in the past without an expectation that they will or whatever, but just, you know, say, Hey, I've got this thing. If it makes sense, I'd love to do something to get it out with to your audience. And, you know, so many people want to help. So many people want to give so many people mm -hmm. want to contribute back to me. My friend you yesterday see? was like giving me press and introducing me to people he's been on shows. And, 
And I just reached out to everyone that I know and said, Hey, I'd love to come on your show. And almost everyone's a yes. Oh, and so it's fantastic. just, it's, it's a lot easier to set yourself up for success too. When you have something you want to talk about or when you need a promotion or whatever it might be by leaning into service first, by leaning into giving first. Now, obviously there's going to be some people that, that are, are taker mentality and you're going to learn yeah. about people also. For the most part, there's a lot of givers that I've, that I've connected with who want to live in a world of win-win, that it's not about competition, it's about collaboration. It's yeah, about totally. me supporting them and them supporting me. And that's the, the world community. I want to live in. Yeah. Oh, I love it. You actually give an example in your book about um, how sport taught you that because you can't play in a team if you don't have this kind of attitude. I mean, mm -hmm. you see with like someone like Kobe Bryant, I mean, it's it's like my son-in-law just actually wrote a book about him and he, he was I mean, he was brilliant, but he had a problem working with his teammates and that yes. was an issue. You know, and that's, I mean, that's a funny, a silly example, but I'm just thinking of yeah. you being with your background and I actually enlist support, chapter 16. Yes. One reason sports were a big part of your life was that they gave me a sense of community, having a team to support me, equip me to stand. So you took it from the angle of the support you got, but you have to give as a team player. So it's kind of fitted the analogy Absolutely. of your initial career of your life. Absolutely. And sometimes you got to play a role that you don't like playing on a team sport. And you got to be the guy that just dives for loose balls and is a support player. But when you show up and do your role and keep giving and have a good attitude and have good energy and good effort consistently, good things happen. You keep playing in the game. They exactly. keep putting you in the game. You're a starter. You get opportunities and you have the opportunity to grow. It's a totally. Do you ever watch the show? Did you ever watch the show Ted Lasso? Love that show. It's incredible. I cried I, at the end of the first season. Yeah, I was exactly. Like I was so sad. When's the next season? I actually did a I couple know. of podcasts where I was analyzing that, but it just made me think about That's how great. there was that one player that was so, you know, bolshy and difficult and no one liked yes. him and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, just there's, there's a lot of what you're saying in terms of in, just in that show. So you, you really have hit a really important topic. I want to ask some specific questions if we can dive in. Lewis, there's so many things I want to ask, but okay. Yeah. The greatness mindset shows you how to unleash your greatness by clarifying who you are. Okay, you have to a certain extent answer that, but not fully. So I want to ask two things. What do you, how do you define a mindset? Mm. And when you have to answer that, you could just give me a simple definition. Then I want to ask you around the clarifying thing. I've got a very specific question. So let's start with a mindset. What is a mindset? Well, who am I? I think first identifying who you are, then I'll get to the mindset because I have a whole chart in here that explains the difference between a greatness mindset and a powerless mindset. When you talk about clarifying who you are, mm -hmm. you know, yes. what does clarifying look like? You know, what is it? What does it feel like? You know, is it a journey? Is it a destination? You know, uh, is it a journey me, or a destination? That kind is. of thing. Yeah. How do we it's learn to two, clarify ourselves? How do we get clarified? Two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's page 201 for me on the book, the book, the okay, version of the book that I have. Let's have a look at it somewhere around here. It may be there too. It's a graph of the greatness mindset versus the powerless mindset. I think you, getting clarity on who you are and who you are becoming is the key. So I'm going to let you know who I am. I am a loving, passionate, wise man. I got it. It's this one. Yes. So I'm going to get, I'm going to let you know who I am. I am a loving, passionate, wise man. And I, I wasn't always that way. So for me, I got clear on who I wanted to be and who I was going to become, an identity I was going to become, and I let go of an old identity. This was about 10 years ago when I started this process. I'm a loving, passionate, wise man. And when I step into, this is the identity. 10 years ago, I didn't feel like I was that. 
I mean, partly that, but I wasn't mm-hmm. fully embodying that. So I got, I got clear on who I wanted to be and who I was becoming every day. And I just kept saying this over and over again. I'm a loving, passionate, wise man. I'm a loving, passionate, wise man. At the time, I felt angry. I felt frustrated and I felt ignorant. And so I went to, well, what is it that I want to become? I want to be loving, passionate, and wise. And every day I would step into that, that contract for myself, that embodiment, that belief, that identity that I wanted to step in. And I would say it, and then I would act accordingly with that contract for myself. But wow. in terms of the mindset, I realized that in order to do that, I must develop a greatness mindset. And so on this page, I talk about the words, the opposite of those words, ignorant, angry, frustrated, that is based on a powerless mindset. Those are words that are disempowering. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, if I want to feel loving, passionate, and wise, I must step into the greatness mindset. So if we ever feel qualities that do not support us being in a beautiful environment internally, if we feel like we're not in a beautiful state of being, mm-hmm. if we're more in a suffering state, sadness, depression, anxiety, stress, overwhelm, that's a suffering state. And I wanted to lean into a beautiful state of being. I realized I was living in a powerless mindset, which means I lacked a meaningful mission. I wasn't clear in one sentence what a meaningful mission was, not just for me to accomplish goals and dreams to look good, but to serve others around me. So I lacked a meaningful mission. I also was controlled by fear and crippled by self-doubt. So I was Mm -hmm. living in a powerless mindset. I was afraid to share past pains. So I had insecurity, guilt, and shame tied to my emotional state, my mental state. And I had to project a sense of false confidence in situations to protect myself, to fit in and to belong. Mm. And I always felt like I was being inauthentic because I was afraid to to truly reveal this is who I am, all my Mm -hmm. shame, insecurities, and fears. And I'm not saying everyone needs to do this publicly or anything, but having the courage to say, there's a couple people in my life know about the shames that I have. It could be a therapist, a coach, a guide, a spiritual leader, whatever it might be, a close Mm -hmm. friend, so that you feel like, okay, Someone else knows this about me, and I'm not concealing it because I'm afraid of it. Also, being defined by the opinions of others. I was defined by others' opinions. Their fear of judgment consumed me, and so I was powerless in those those states. And I was drifting towards complacently. I was stuck. I was like in transition. I was trying to figure out what I'm doing, and I was just kind of wandering in no man's land, not sure the direction I was going. So I said, I want to develop a greatness mindset. What is the greatness mindset? How can I develop this? And the greatness mindset is really about making a decision to let all of those powerless beliefs behind and step into the greatness mindset and making a constant commitment of acting on your new identity that you want to become. My identity that I wanted to become was I'm a loving, passionate, wise man. So I had to make a decision and a new commitment every single moment. And this took going into the past, creating new meaning, and mending the memories that were causing me to live in a powerless state. Mm-hmm. And when I would commit to that, and it's, you know, it's sometimes two steps back until you move a step forward. It's a journey. It's not like healing happens in a moment always. Yeah. It's a, a moment of awareness, but a daily commitment of processing, healing the nervous system, feeling it out when situations trigger you, all that stuff. And 
and getting clear on the greatest mindset, which is being driven by a meaningful mission. So now in one sentence, I know where I'm going and what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And that is to impact 100 million lives weekly to help them improve the quality of their life. That's my meaningful mission. So I make decisions based on that. I say yes or no based on certain things to lead me towards that. And it gets me excited every day to have something meaningful to work towards. That's and amazing. so I'm driven in a clear direction. It doesn't mean every day is a perfect day or that I don't have challenges or I'm not dealing with adversity, but this gets me more excited to overcome the adversities and the tough times with that clear direction. You turn fears into confidence. So I had a lot of fears and insecurities 10 years ago. And I said, okay, I need to make a fear list and I need to start knocking them off. I need to go in. I've got a lot of healing I got to do. I got to face these things. I got to reveal these things that I'm afraid of because I'm afraid mm -hmm. people are judge me. They're not going to like me. They're going to, I'm not going to make any money, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So we've got to turn fear into a superpower, which will allow us to create more confidence. We must dive into it. We must overcome it and really address where the self-doubt is coming from and overcome that as, as well. Because again, I believe self-doubt is the killer of dreams. And if we don't overcome the self-doubt, we're always living some type of powerless state when that arises. We've got to heal the past, whether it's mending the memories, healing, whatever works for you. I just feel like it's hard to be in a beautiful relationship if you haven't healed the past. It's hard mm -hmm. to love and accept yourself if you don't accept your past. It's hard to have courage in life if you don't accept and love yourself from the past. You have to create a healthy identity. Again, my identity was I'm a loving passionate, wise man. I'm a loving, passionate, wise man. It became a new mantra, a new identity mm -hmm. that I would step into. And anytime I would, and again, I wasn't a perfect human being, but anytime I would fall off that identity, I would notice it. I would feel something's wrong. I would, you know, things would show up and feedback in my life if I wasn't living in that identity. So I would reap the, the mistakes, uh, the, the consequences of not living in that identity. And then takes action with a game plan. So for me, the people that have a dream or a goal are, you hear so many people, Caroline, say that I've been thinking about writing this book for five years, 10 years, mm. but they don't have a game plan. It's like, okay, you're still living in a powerless mindset and you're not leaning into the greatness mindset. So it's being aware of which mindset are you currently in. Again, this is page 201 for me. Yeah. But it's, it's being actually aware. It's 201 here as well. Great. And it's the, being aware the, then of, which, of which, which one of these are you driven by. And if you're not doing anything in the powerless mindset section, then awesome. Then it sounds like you're in the right direction. And if you can, in one sentence get clear on your meaningful mission. And in the book, we talk about how to get clear on that and how to create it. If you have overcome all your fears, and there's always new fears of every season of life, right? Every transition, every season, there's a new and thing we got to face. little thing that we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. There's so many men who are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who have sworn to themselves they'll keep their secrets to the grave about the shames they've been to. I've talked to so many men who've been mm. sexually abused specifically yeah. who never talk about it because they feel like their wife won't love them, the, you know, the kids won't love them if they knew this about them, mm. that they'll lose their identity, everything. And that holds a lot of men back and a lot of women back from whatever pain or shame that they have. So exactly. learning to let go and forgive 
and mend and heal those memories, those pains, those shames will get you more into the greatness mindset. So it's just identifying where are you right now? Are you in a powerless state? Are you in a greatness state? And start leaning into transforming into the greatness mindset more and more. Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors. According to the EPA, indoor air could be two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, it could be 100 times more polluted. We take about 20,000 breaths per day, and that's almost 3,000 gallons of possibly polluted air that we're breathing in. So what's the solution? My go-to is the air purifier, Air Doctor. Air Doctor filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so that your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor uses an ultra HEPA filter that's been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested bacteria and viruses. Air Doctor comes with no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund, minus shipping. So head off to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code DRLEAF and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 40% off. You are saving up to 40% off. Lock the special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code DRLEAF. The link and details will be in the show notes. So just for the, the those that are listening, in Lewis's book on page 201, he's got like this little, those hourglasses, the sand passes yes. through, what are those things called? The little, and there's, at the, at the top it says greatness, and at the bottom it says powerless. And then there's pretty much one, driven by a meaningful mission, is in the, in the greatness mindset, driven by a meaningful mission, turns fears into confidence, overcomes self-doubt, heals past pains, creates a healthy identity, takes action with a game plan. And then you've got your transformation zone, commitment, mm-hmm. decision, awareness, and then you've got a powerless mind, which is the opposite, lacks a meaningful mission, controlled by fear, crippled by self-doubt, conceals past pains, defined by opinions of others, drifts towards complacency. So there's a whole little, it's almost like the core of your book, and then the whole the book is around how you can see which one you're in and how you can transform the one into the other. How to be aware of it, how to make a new decision, how to commit to it consistently. Because so to you know, healing, is, healing is a journey. You know, transforming into yeah. greatness is a journey, and it's a it's a lifelong journey. No matter what stage or season you're at, it's going to be. There's going to be new fears that come up when you're in transition. You know, I'm not a. I'm not married and I don't have kids yet. And I'm assuming when that happens, I'm going to have to face certain things and lean into them and overcome these fears. You know, one day my kids are going to grow up and go to college. I'm going to have a new season that I'm going to have to face. Mm-hmm. What does this look like? They're going to leave the house. And now what? There's always, you know, if a career, you sell a business and you have a new transition phase. Okay, well, who am I now without this business or without this career? So there's always going to be phases and seasons that allow you to face the things that might hold you back. And that's so key and core, Lewis, in terms of change, because people can say, well, I've always done it like this. And, you know, there's that old saying, you've always done it like this, but so I'm not going to change kind of thing. And people do, they battle with that change, but you have to reevaluate each thing. And you, and part, uh, uh, am I correct in saying it like this? If something changes in your business or changes in your life or changes in your relationship, you have to to re- recognize that, embrace it, process, reconceptualize it, whatever word you want to use, but you can't think, okay, well, it's not like it was. It's different to how it was. So how it yeah. was was the correct thing. And we get so caught up, and that's all the whole mind-brain-body connection. We've, it takes it takes time. It takes six cycles or 63 days to rewire 
our mind brain body connection to move into these shifts that you're talking about so it's not going it's the journey it's not just the good one day kind of thing but it, i think people get very if if i'm hearing you correctly from all the interviews you've done and your experience and your own life people can tend to get stuck in that's how i always did it yeah now exactly. i don't know how to shift to this new change so they feel powerless but what i hear mm-hmm. you saying is that you can never stay there that's not, you can't say because I've done it like this, that's the success for the future. Mm-hmm. You learn from that, but these, it's different now to what it was then. So we've got to grow, we've got to grow and get into greatness by evaluating has that old way of functioning maybe made us powerless to a certain extent. Absolutely. We need to shift to a new form of functioning. Absolutely. I don't think what I've just said makes any sense. I'm just trying to apply makes, the concept. I think it makes of, a lot of sense. And here's, here's the thing that, the big lesson that I've taken away, I mean, my whole life is that it's really hard to do anything great on our own consistently. You know, I can go to the gym and work out with the best of them by myself, but doing it consistently every week for years, sometimes I'd fall off if I was doing it alone. But when I have support, that's why I talk about enlisting support. When I have the accountability, whether it be a friend, a coach, whatever it might be, something at the stake, I'm more likely to show up and give more effort consistently. Again, some of us are really good with relationships, but not good with our health. Some of us are great with money, but not good with relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer that we should find a personal advisory board. Again, if you don't have a lot of money, find a personal advisory board for free. These are exactly. guys, mentors, friends, family who know more than you at whatever it is you need support with. And if not, if you have the ability, hire coaches in these categories. I've got a business coach. I've got a nutritional coach. I've got a fitness coach. I've got a mindset coach and I've got an emotional coach. That may seem a little extreme for people, but I'm a big believer. And it's not like I work with them every day, you know, but I, I see an emotional coach every two weeks, not because something is wrong or because something is off. It's because I want to continue to be good and I want to continue to Mm. prepare for future things that could be a challenge and get ahead of it. So I go to the gym and I work with a nutritionist because I want to stay, live healthy longer. I don't want to wait until I'm sick to then fix it or address it. It's about prevention. It's about improvement. It's about growth. Being proactive. Being proactive, which brings me a lot of peace. It's going back to inner peace. I feel peaceful inside because I'm doing things consistently. I'm working to protect the energy of my future self, my future, you know, my two year, two years out, 10 years out. I'm doing things to make myself proud in the future of what I did now, which builds more confidence, which builds more peace with inside of me and more harmony. And again, I think when we create harmony inside of us, self-love, self-acceptance, inner peace, and we cultivate that environment, I'm a big believer that I have a lot more room to create abundance in my life. When I am peaceful, I can think clearer. I can act better. I can generate more. I have more energy to be creative as opposed to be thinking about the stresses of life. And that allows for expansion, for abundance, and growth. Wow, that is beautiful. It's encouraging. It's true. And I think what the big thing about what you also say, have just said and have said throughout this interview is 
it feels right. You know, it's in our gut. Most, mm. You're speaking to our deep spiritual part of us. You're t- speaking to that deep non-conscious part of us, which is the wise mind. And you're pulling, you know, you're pulling that out. It's, it's inside of us. And it's so much about this, this collaboration and reaching out to people. I mean, that was your transformation in your life. Yes. And a lot of this yes. little, to p- t- page 201, shifting from greatness to, to, from powerless to greatness is going to be this collaborative effort where you've got all these coaches yes. or, as you say, it doesn't have to be a formal coach. It could just be family members yeah. or whatever, but it's the recognition that, hey, maybe I should speak to someone. I know they're really good at X. You know, let me just chat with them about this and get that other perspective. It's that collaborative community, deep meaningful relationship, giving in addition to that self-love. So self-love, Absolutely. the giving love, and that, and then you can go to the specifics. So, yeah, I, was, I was interviewing yesterday this Shaolin monk. He, I guess he wasn't a monk. He's a Shaolin master. So he runs okay. a monastery of the Shaolin monks. And he's wow. been doing this for 35 years wow. in this practice of Kung Fu. He lives at the monastery. He was just here yesterday. Wow. And he was talking about Whatever is inside of you is what you can create and give. So it's Mm. hard to give love if you don't love yourself. If you're in Mm. anger or stress, it's hard to give something that you don't have. And that's why when I was angry a lot, you know, back in the day and frustrated and triggered, I was realizing, oh, I'm giving a lot of reaction with anger in the world when I'm triggered. As opposed to when I'm triggered, I'm not giving love. And I want to be the type of person that when things are stressful in the outside world, I have love for myself. I am love. And therefore, I can create love in that environment. Or I can show Mm. up peaceful and loving to manage a stressful situation better. And again, I'm not a perfect human being. I have breakdowns like everyone. Mm -hmm. But that's the intention is how can I cultivate so much love and peace so that I'm not in reaction to the outside world as frequently in a sense of anger and stress. I react and respond with what I have inside of me, which is cultivating peace and love. Oh, and and wow. that's the intention. And that's what he was kind of sharing yesterday with me. Well, that just makes every bit of sense. I love that. It's a perfect kind of ending to this incredible discussion because it's really the core. You are teaching us to first love ourselves, then connect with others. And then the how-to of once you've got those two steps right, here are some like very clear, and this, that, that, this concept's filtered throughout this book, but then there's some very clear guidelines on how you can actually get into that greatest mindset. But greatness comes from self-love and from collaborating with others. Wow, Lewis, Lewis this is such a great, as usual, such important stuff. And such, Thank you. Such core stuff to who we are as humans. It's basic humanity. I mean, it's basic really getting back in touch with our roots. And that's why I think we're in an, in an age where we are doing this again. It's always been this philosophy and, and as, that, well, as this monk that you, as you, what did you say, Shalakian? Shaolin master, yeah, Sha- Shaolin master. master. As he was saying, he's speaking ancient wisdom, but it touched yes. you who, have, who has, has so much experience of, of the world and of you know, sports and career and success and business, yet that spoke deeply to you just by the way Very. you delivered that. Now yeah, it spoke and- deeply to you. And Wayne Dyer talked about this before he passed. I've heard of him give a mm. speech, I don't know, 30 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, where he said, you know, when you squeeze an orange, what comes out of it? Orange juice, right? Yeah. Orange juice comes out when you squeeze it. But when you squeeze a human and you call, create pressure on a human, what comes out of it? That's what so comes good. out 
what comes out of you is whatever's inside of that human. So if that human has a- anger and resentment and frustration, that is usually when someone's pressuring them or triggering them, it's going to squeeze out. It's going to ooze out that energy. But if we cultivate love and peace and harmony, when you pressure and you squeeze it in your heart, that's because it should come out because that's oh, what's inside of us. Brilliant. And, and again, it doesn't mean we get, don't get to protect ourselves or defend ourselves if there's an actual threat in life and make sure we're discerning with human beings. But in general, we should create what we want to come out of us. Oh, I love it. We should create what we want to come out of us. What a, what a great way to end the podcast. And people can find you. Do you want to just say where people can find you? Obviously, they can get the book wherever books are sold. Yeah, you can get the book on Amazon and you can find me, Lewis House, anywhere on social media or the show, The School of Greatness podcast. Which is outstanding. It's one of, it's probably one of my favorite, po- not probably, it is one of my favorite podcasts right up there. You're one of my top did. guests, so I love it. Uh, it's been it's been. Thank fun. you. You're one of my top guests too. So yeah. <laughs> we, we just have this great conversation going between us. We could talk for hours about this. Congratulations. What you thank have you. spoken about is really cool, important stuff and Really, I'd love to have you back for another. We, well, we just keep this thing going and keep the conversation we'll keep going. going. This is, we just keep the conversation Always. going. So it's au revoir till the next time we meet. <laughs> Lewis, Appreciate thank it. Thanks, you Caroline. so much. Thank you. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leith. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.